This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by Rehearsal 2, the app for actors. Want to learn your lines fast? Be off book for auditions? Explore your characters and make stronger choices? There's an app for that. Rehearsal 2. Download it now at rehearsaltheapp.com slash download. That's rehearsaltheapp.com slash download. Hello and welcome to episode 168 of Inside Acting. I'm Trevor Elgott. And I'm AJ Meyer. And on this podcast, we bring you interviews with working actors, writers, filmmakers, agents, managers, producers, casting directors, personal finance and fitness gurus, voiceover artists, all of them serving up uh, insider tips on marketing yourself, creating your own work, and booking the gig. It's a knowledge bomb buffet for everyone around the world, straight from the people who've been there, done that, and are doing it again. What do they serve at the knowledge bomb buffet? Just knowledge bombs, dude. Just knowledge bombs? Knowledge bombs and wisdom nuggets. Knowledge bomb and (laughs) wisdom nuggets. Yep. Wisdom. Okay, I want barbecue sauce to dip those in. (laughs) Uh, And if you couldn't tell, we're two dudes who have a podcast we we yeah we, anyone can do it it's it's the internet <laughs> but uh, we started this thing for a very specific reason and that was because we were looking for you know some answers and we were sick and tired of uh, you know being told we had to pay for those answers because a lot of people out there uh, you know want to take advantage of actors and we are actors who don't like being taken advantage of so we made it three ninety nine and put it up on the internet for you fine folks at home and. Uh, you know, while all of these success stories uh, that you sometimes hear are, are built on a common foundation, there's no right way to do anything. So if you hear something in this in this episode or any episode uh, that you agree with or disagree with, we definitely want to hear from you. Send us an email, shoot us a tweet, comment on our website, leave us a voicemail. They all go to the same place, that place being us. You can find out all the different ways you can get your voice on our show by starting at our website, InsideActingPodcast.com And a bit later on today's episode, we have the third and final part of my interview with actress Nori Victoria. So make sure you guys stick around. Trevenator. Sometimes we have those episodes where we record like just a couple of days apart, and sometimes we have those where we record like a week and a half apart. And uh, I always find myself missing you, buddy. Oh, that's when very we, sweet. When we do the longer, the longer stints. No, well, I, uh, I, I, uh, I like you a lot, man. <laughs> that sounded so <laughs> not genuine. Just so like, yeah. Yeah, it was like, a little, uh, uh, yeah, it was a little tenacious D reference for anybody. I like you a lot. Well, oh, that's what you were doing. School of D. Yeah. Aha! Yeah. I just caught up. I love you, man. Oh, it's, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I like you a lot, man. <laughs> Friendship. Uh, so this is the construction episode because I've got people building a deck outside my window right now. Uh, which I don't think you can hear, actually, which is a good thing. But you also have some guys putting some tiling on a roof or something outside your window. There, or you will very soon. First, we're on the first floor. 
Okay. And <clears throat> there is a like a little porch outside of our building or the building where we're subletting. And they're they're chiseling by hand the tile that is on that porch. And that is the sound that I woke up to, which was not fun, especially since I needed just one more hour. What's uh, what's new in your world, dude? You've got a pretty big. I beat you to it. Boom. You got a big meeting tomorrow. I do. I do. I have my what? What is this like my second or third uh, Broadway audition? awesome which i gotta say i think the most important thing is uh most important takeaway most important learning thing that i want to impart to our listenership is the sort of wheeling and dealing that happened to, to 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 get this meeting because uh the uh, two of the producers on heathers are producing this show and one of them is the co-writer of the lyrics. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, so I have this like great connection. And <clears throat> um, they, not us, but they have been like posting on our, you know, Heather's Facebook group and, you know, emailing us and ma- saying, you know, here's some information about the show and just basically making sure that we were all aware that they wanted us to audition and that, and that they had sent our information over to casting, et et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I was like, cool, this is a shoe-in, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I noticed that some of the other guys and gals were going in and being seen, but I was not. And I was trying to figure out what the deal was, and there was a lot of back and forth, and I was, you know, being a I gotta admit, I was being a little bit of a victimy actor because I was blaming my representation, saying like, "Well, they're not getting me in the room for some reason." Blah blah blah. But that doesn't matter because, you know, the producers are the ones writing the check. They're in charge. They're the bosses. So I was, I couldn't figure out what was going on. Come to find out, <clears throat> for our, our our listeners that have been listening for a while, this is the same office that casts Aladdin. So I have been in for them before, mm, which mm-hmm. means that they're also the same office that told me that my voice was not essentially not Broadway ready, yeah, not strong enough for what they were looking for. So my there was a conversation that happened with me, my manager, my agents, where there was an assumption that perhaps they were in no hurry to bring me in <laughs> because <Wow. clears throat> it's one of the biggest casting offices in New York. It's one of the... I mean, it's a Broadway show, so they're going to have the pick of the litter as far as who's going to come in. Like, they could have anybody they want come in and, and sing. So, we were like, okay, maybe, maybe the situation is that uh, they don't want, like, they're just not interested. So, there was this day of what felt very much like entourage with me on the phone, calling, talking to my manager, talking to my agent, and most uh, specifically or importantly, calling the producers that I know and being like, hey, I'm not getting in for this. Anyway, long story short, they sent an email to casting and I had, I eventually got an appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, you know, this is like a crazy... It's very risky. I'll put it that way. It's a very risky 
I'm feeling a lot of pressure because now I sort of did everything that I could to make sure that I was getting seen by an office that may or may not want have wanted to see me in the first place. Right. So I've either got to go in there and completely blow them away and change their mind about me. Or if I don't get a call back, I'm going to have to like say something to my producer friends like, Hey, it seems to me like they only saw me because you said so. And I wasn't, I never had a chance of getting a call back, which I don't want, I don't really want to do because that sounds kind of whiny <laughs> basically right, right. I mean, how much sway do well, in this case i mean I, I assume it's not that different from film or television but how much sway would the producers have over castings kind of uh, recommendations mm, i would all, imagine they could just be like sway yeah they, I, they I feel fi- like they I, basically have final say yeah what were you gonna so say? is there a scenario where you could go in and casting could be like eh you know not the guy and the producers would have no idea that you even came in uh, yes, but I'm not going to let that happen. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Like, awesome. I, yeah, yes. Take no prisoners. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And it's been, yeah, it's been, you know, it's interesting cause it's like, uh, do I want to lean on these people this much? But the thing is, is when is this kind of opportunity ever going to come along again? I mean, it, it might, you know, as I continue to build relationships, but that's the whole point. Like we're, that's why we build relationships. This mm-hmm. is, I mean, this is it. This is, this is like. This is the results of everything that we talk about on the podcast about building relationships. Yeah, yeah. This is this is what happens is you get opportunities like this because, you know, that's how people go from job to job. That's how people get cast and in, in I mean the same goes for film and television. You know, if you work with an actor and you like them and you know their work and they you know their work is good, then you're going to you're going to cast them again. And you know, that's essentially what the email was to casting because I was BCC'd on it. But it was like, you know, he w- he did a great job for us in Heather's. He was, you know, he was an asset to the company. And I know he'll be an asset to this company. Yeah, like I said, at this point, everything is, everything's going in the right direction. I just get to go in there and really blow them away and change their mind about the previous audition. Right. Well, I, I know that you said after that feedback you got at the last audition, and again, it was just kind of one or two or maybe three people's kind of opinion, but I know that you went out and you like immediately were like, okay, where can I get some singing lessons? Where can I get this? Where can I get that? And you kind of immediately attacked the quote unquote problem. So do you feel more prepared or maybe this, 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 this individual, um, meeting material is more kind of in line with you or, or what's, what's going to be different about this one? Yeah, all of the above. And that's a really great question. And it's, it's totally what I, I mean, you're right. That's what I did. Like I was, I, I got this feedback and I said, you know what, F that, I'm not going to let that slow me down. So I immediately started working on strengthening my voice, working with a vocal coach. And we have, we have now picked, I mean, in addition to the material being a better, um, better at showing off what I can do and who I am and my my specific talents. The 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 songs that we're choosing to sing that I'm choosing to sing from my my own repertoire, my own book, are also very big, flashy, um, 
what my voice teacher called big boy songs. <laughs> big boy songs. <laughs> Which I thought was great. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, but great question. You all growed up. Well, we'll see. We <laughs> shall see. We'll break a leg tomorrow, man. That's really exciting. And I love this story because, like you said, it just goes to show what a relationship-based a relationship based business this is. I mean, this wouldn't have been happening for you if you hadn't built up these relationships with these people and, and, and had the confidence to call them and talk to them and things like that. I yeah. mean, I really think this is a great story because it just drives home how important it is. It, it kind of reminds me of uh, a story I heard about Wesley Snipes kind of back in the 90s when he was kind of a little bit more prolific than he is these days for whatever reason. And uh, there was a movie, I guess it was... Oh, I forget the name of it, but it was about like a, an athlete, a star athlete that was being stalked by somebody or, or he was stalking the star athlete. It was something like that. And I remember thinking that he really, I remember reading that he really wanted to play this role, but the producers and the director weren't like, they weren't even considering him. They were like, no, he's not the guy. He's not the guy. And I remember reading that Wesley Snipes would basically, he figured out where this director lived and he got in his car and he drove around this guy's house, like just drove back and forth in the street in front of his house with like a loudspeaker saying like, "Fucking you, I'm stalking you. See, you got to cast me in this film. Like I'm right for the part, like something extreme like that, like total crazy extreme behavior. Wow. And he got it. He got it. He convinced the, the production team <clears throat> to cast him. And this is Wesley Snipes. I mean, this is like after Passenger 57 and I think it was before the Blade movies, but it was like he was an established commodity. And he still had to kind of fight for this, but it was something he wanted and he, he just like went all out. You know, it's like the, um, reminds me too of the Elijah Wood story where he put on the, the ears and, and all that, you know, kind of Hobbit kind of stuff. He like went out to a costume shop and got a bunch of stuff and put himself on tape for Peter Jackson just, just to convince him that like, no, I'm your guy. And I just think it's, it's just, it's indicative of, of, Maybe not indicative of, that's the wrong word. It just kind of blows apart the idea that you kind of make it, you know, and that everything's coasting from there and you never have to audition or work for anything ever again. Like in this story just now, like, you know, you've got a good relationship with these people, but you still kind of had to do the entourage thing of calling everybody and yeah, figuring out what the deal is. And yeah, I just love it because the people who fight for it are the people who, who get it, you know? So. Yeah kudos man yeah thanks thanks brother um i'm looking forward to it and i will of course update you and our and our listeners but i want to hear about this uh this meeting of yours yeah sure i was just gonna say stay tuned to aj's twitter feed this week (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah i had a great meeting with my agent you know i um i think i shared in the last episode that i got you know i cut off all my my hair so i'm back to like normal guy hair and, uh, and I found these great photos that Mark Atterbury took for me a long time ago that not a long time ago, a few years ago that still work great. I still look like that. It's the same hairstyle. And so I thought I'd save myself 300 bucks and use those for the time being. And I sent it to my agent and he was like, these are great. You want to come by the office and we'll talk. And I went and went in and talked with him and we just had a great like 45 minute sit down discussion about all aspects of the industry. It was just a really good refresher to see the industry through my agent's eyes through my representation's eyes just to see you know what what his take on it is and he spoke about it so casually and it was very clear to me that tv is the bread and butter of uh of this agency and just the way he sees it and if i could take away anything from this meeting it's that all it takes is one little thing that could propel you forward and i think i'm i'm trying i think i'm referencing this in 
in uh, the context of the conversation we had about casting director workshops. Because I shared with him, you know, that I had some bad experiences and I feel like, you know, we've spoken to Billy DeMota about this and we've spoken to other people who are pro workshop. And uh, my agent said, uh, he said, you know, like, I agree, like you got to do your homework and get in there with the right people. And he said, but I'll tell you what, every client I have that consistently works has done workshops consistently and they've built these relationships. And he said, and you know, you may spend several hundred dollars before you get any sort of bites or any, or any sort of tangible results. And he said, but let's say you, you know, you spend 500 bucks and nothing happens, but then you get that one guest star, that one co-star. And that's the thing that propels you forward because you never know who you're going to meet on that job or you never know who you're going to connect with, or you never know what that office is going to see for you after that. And it just, it just reaffirmed for me how important it is to just be out, be playing the game and, you know, kind of that these workshops are in many ways a necessary evil, but that it's just that one thing, man, that, that could take you to the next level. Mm. So it was really good to just connect with him on that. And, and we, we kind of formulated a, a little bit of a plan going forward for the next few months. And it just feels good, man. You know, we're on the same page and um, Carl's great. I love him. He's great. I've been with him for years and it's fantastic. It's nice. We, I mean, we have some. Sometimes we have people posting on, say, the Inside Acting Facebook group, asking questions about their relationship with their agent, and <clears throat> is this normal? And you know, just not satisfied with the communication piece. So it's nice to know that you and I, at least, have got that somewhat wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's always good to hear of someone, uh, an actor who has a. Uh, a, a good communicative, supportive, you know, style relationship with their representation. Yeah, dude. If I could say anything to the to people who are looking for this kind of relationship, it's that your agent is waiting for you to bring it. Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. they're looking for you to create that relationship. They've got a lot of clients. They're very busy, you know, submitting and working their relationships with with casting offices. They're look. They're waiting for you to show up and build the relationship. got an email from our listener rose who says that uh oh big fan of the podcast thank you rose thanks for listening uh been following for a while and uh, especially love hearing about our experiences in the los angeles theater ensemble throwback although yeah, yeah. although maybe some news on the horizon um you know stay tuned trevor and i are privy to some some things going on there um mm-hmm. hint hint wink wink really exciting <clears throat> yeah uh, so she says, with LA being such a large city, I can imagine it being extremely comforting to find a connection of hardworking actors to work with and grow with. And uh, just wondering if uh, we knew of any theater companies in LA that uh, allow non-equity members. And if so, how would you suggest going about seeking membership? That's a really great question, Rose. And we've kind of talked about the LA theater scene. Well, it's been a long time since we visited this topic because we used to talk about it more when we were heavily involved with it, uh, especially through the Los Angeles Theater Ensemble. But <clears throat> the uh, I don't think anyone's ever asked us the equity issue. Like, if, if things are, what, what did she say? Like, it, it, uh, companies that allow non-equity members. Um, I, I would love to hear your thoughts on this, Trev. I just want to jump in and say that pretty much every company allows non-equity members in Los Angeles. It's a very different... Um, very different vibe, very different landscape than, than New York. 
Um, mm-hmm. Or I don't know where you're coming from, actually, Rose. Um, yeah, I'm sure she if that was say. in the email. But um, what are your what are your thoughts on this, Trev? Yeah, my my initial thoughts are non-issue, not an issue at all. I mean, there's so much 99 seat theater out here that is great that actually does really great work. You know, I I talked about um, the show I saw uh, our friend Michael Hansen in recently. Yeah, ni- nice things. Yeah. Um, Man, I mean, that's just one company of maybe a dozen that I could rattle off right now that do great work, and they're not they're they're non equity. Uh, I don't think there's any shortage of opportunities to get on stage with a great company that that will that probably will very much be act like a, a sort of creative home or family for, for mm-hmm. you, Rose, uh, here in LA. So I, I don't think that uh, there's a problem here at all. I think just hopping on to LA casting, Actors Access, now casting, asking around to people that you connect with in in you know various classes or networking groups or whatever it is relationship building groups mm. uh you'll be able to quickly find uh who people recommend who does good work and who you kind of vibe with so uh yeah non-issue uh you can work your way up to non or to equity status um but plenty of of opportunity in the non-equity world yeah yeah the one uh resource i would add to the ones that trevor just rattled off which are all great is the uh, la stage alliance la stage alliance.com uh, is their mm. website, and that's a great place to start to 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 just kind of do some research and discover what companies uh, are in LA and what companies are doing good work. For instance, they um, sponsor the Ovation Awards every year, so or they are the Ovation Awards basically. So if you go to which are the LA Theater Awards, if you go to their website you can see the list of all of the nominees, all of the winners, and you'll see the same companies sort of repeating. There will be themes. There will be people who are good at musicals. There will be you know, companies that are good at, at, at you know, straight plays. There will be um, companies that seem to uh, excel in technical areas. And you can, I mean, just Google every single company you see in that list and you will start to build a very comprehensive list of, of um, good, well-produced theater in, in LA. Cool. Well, hope that uh, answers your question, Rose. Um, would love to hear where you are currently. And uh, if you, it sounds like you're planning to come to LA if you're not here already. Um, so we'd love to hear more about your journey. I'm happy, very happy to offer any sort of guidance that we can. Uh, and finding a, a good creative home because I think I've said this in the show before, kind of back in the deep history of inside acting, but uh, the Los Angeles Theater Ensemble was very much what kept me here in Los Angeles when I frankly was just ready to give up. But I had a really great home base and a really great family of creative people that were doing good work. And I, I knew that having that was, was really uh, crucial to me staying here and, yeah. and continuing on this journey. Yeah. Yeah, really supportive. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, unless we've got, unless you've got anything else, Trev, I think maybe you just rolled into uh, the third and final, wah, wah, sorry, Trev, part mm. of Trevor's interview with actress Nori Victoria. And enjoy, and we'll catch you on the other side. don't usually get into kind of what we call 
technique land on the show because it's you know you start talking about people different approaches and mm-hmm. you know Meisner versus Stanislavski versus right. Chekhov whatever but I it's like over the course of your experience which has been you know pretty pretty significant at this point um, you must have developed a philosophy or a, an approach to your work or is do you, I mean I guess the question is do you have a ritual of some sort that you that you kind of go through or a series of steps that you use to prepare for things or approach your auditions or your meetings or is every single thing a brand new experience and you throw everything out the window and start fresh every time so for me what I did was I felt that to demystify acting I needed to study the Meisner's the Stanislavski methods the the Chekhov's um, even took some Shakespeare like training in that and so in comedy classes and you know just learning the technical parts and then at the end of all that I throw it away and I just feel it mm-hmm. uh, I don't like to bind myself to a particular way of doing things because again so say emotional recall is your thing that's fine but that doesn't always work all the time for everybody you know and just I look at it as like a toolbox. You know, if, if you're going to a job to fix something, you don't know what you're going to run into. So you just take your toolbox <laughs> and you go in and you grab what you need to fix yeah, what, you yeah, know. Yeah. So that's how I approach every piece of work. I approach every character as if this is a brand new world. Whatever I did before, that's what it is. And I just really feel it. Mm-hmm. I really feel it. Um, cool. I, I, I know a lot of people might uh, tr- throw throw a dart at me for saying this but <laughs> a dart. like the whole you know i mean i get the who are you talking to you know what do they want the obstacles you know obstacles and everything like that yeah that's great but i don't ask myself those questions when i go into a room to deal with a situation i go in there and i feel it you know mm-hmm. um and i feel that i'd like to keep my acting as true to life as possible and that's the way I deal with things. So that's what works for me, that's you know, cool. to each his own. Yeah. yeah, no, I take yeah. the same approach. It's like just kind of be in a consistent state of doing your homework and, mm-hmm. and filling out your toolbox and just constantly learning. And then when the time comes and the moment comes, trust that you're standing on the foundation of that right. work and that the right tools will come to you or that you can just pull out what you need exactly. rather than committing to a certain specific dogma right. system. Uh, but, you know, sometimes people have, you know, like a sort of warm-up ritual that they go through before they shoot or, or something like that. And I don't I, know if you have anything kind I of like challenge that. myself every day to uh, feel a range of emotions, even if I don't feel like it. Because every day, I, every working day. or not. Yeah, because, it, I mean, that's your that's your muscle. It's a muscle. If you don't use it, you lose it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I like mm-hmm. the vocal, physical, emotional approach to uh, acting, so I try to do something within those three areas every day to stretch the muscle and emotional I, I challenge myself to feel angry sad happy scared every single day and a lot of that comes from imagination because obviously I mean I, I would have a crazy life if I was <laughs> in situations that made me feel sure. all of those things sure. yeah, every every day right <laughs> um, but that that's a, a challenge um, that I give myself and that's my ritual. So I always feel I like if you stay ready, you won't have to get ready. Mm-hmm. So by having those things already worked out and stretched and warmed up, when I go into uh, a table read or have a project or a script, it's like the access is there. You yeah, know? yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. Just just working on keeping that channel open. And, you have and to. Flowing. 
That's great. That's and that's all the inner work. That's that's not even mm-hmm. really acting. That's like personal stuff. It's yeah, and acting is very much yeah, personal. You stuff. have to, you know, you have to feel things in order for other people to buy into it and feel it. You can't pretend. Yeah. I mean, you can, but it's not going to be the same as watching, you know, a Meryl Streep do her thing, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I guess what's what's one of the aha moments that you've had on your journey that was just like a breakthrough for you? You know, everything kind of before then, you were moving through life and you kind of had the parking brake on. Mm-hmm. And once you realized that thing, things just started to work for you. Was there, did you have a, a sort of, can you trace things back to a, a sort of breakthrough moment or realization or revelation of some kind? Yeah, uh, I, actually I can. Um it was a long time, maybe years, before I had cried when I went uh, to Atlanta. Things, traumatic things would happen, and I just, you know, like I said, I would come up with a clever way of dealing with all these things and not really feel them. And to have someone tell me, no, you are angry about something. You are hurting about something. You do have pain. Everything is not okay. And you are, there are things in your life that are joyful, too so let's explore that and I was upset with her at first I I we really had like a <laughs> this was a teacher that was telling you this? the same acting coach oh, okay. that yeah in this Atlanta. is the same one yeah. in Atlanta and she forced me to do uh an exercise called unfinished business and I'll never forget and that's when you talk to someone that they don't have to be dead it just can be someone that you didn't get a chance to say what you really needed to say they could be out of your life or there's for some reason not talking to you or and I I I spoke to someone that I didn't know how angry I was exactly how hurt I was until I started talking and it just started coming out and Um, that was the moment where I say I, I started crying at that point and I never stopped. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, I, I, of course, I, I say that, um, you know, just as an analogy. But now that was that was like a, a channel that opened that's kind of free flowing now wow. where I can admit and look at things and say, yeah, that hurt. That pissed me off. That made me like I want to, you know run you over with my car right now and, and not <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. not not deny that <laughs> but or and or even the opposite side of that really let people affect my vulnerability because that's something you can lose in environments where I know I said you run or get run over well in your environment when it's like that you can cease to be vulnerable and that was a lot of the feedback I got in the beginning of my work you need to work on your vulnerability. Mm. And that, um, again, you know, the flip side of that, being able to admit, yeah, I do love you. I'm falling head over heels for you. Or you you made me feel good today. Or, you know, not stay in this, yeah, everything's cool. I'm cool state, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, this sort of detachment <laughs> to, uh, from things. Yeah. I feel like that's that's a... That can be a healthy way to move through life to kind of under to just kind of come from a place of neutral of just like well you know things that affect me are usually things that I'm judging mm. and when I judge things is when it causes me kind of, it's a very stoic sort mm. of approach and I think it can be healthy to a degree but as an artist it's our job to really dig in and deconstruct these these feelings and 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 feel them completely like go all in and so that can be challenging and, and exhausting sometimes but it sounds like you found the right sort of balance between the two 
yeah. between not judging and yet really exercising and feeling the, the, the textures. It is challenging and it yeah. is exhausting though. And I, I feel that because it's it's still work, you know, you still have to work at it. But I, um, you know, every every character, every script, every audition is a different set of challenges. It's a different yeah. texture, a different way I have to approach it. And I just, you know, I just try to try to wash whatever I have, you know, stuff from from the last project and approach this world open and vulnerable mm-hmm. and like the song arms wide open you know yeah, just yeah. whatever comes you know you just, just referenced comes. creed i love yeah. it um <laughs> so we have we have two questions we'd like to wrap up uh okay. all our interviews with but before we get to that i i want to ask you about your specific unique experience just across the industry because you and i are not only different genders but different races mm-hmm. as well and i know what my experience is and we've got 160 something episodes of people hearing about me talk about what it's like for me as a as a, you know, white American male. Right. What's it like? What's it been like for you? I'm sure you've come across things, some situations where you were treated uh, differently or, or with special treatment, you know, positively or negatively because of of, of who you are and where you're coming from. So can you share some, some well, stories about that? Yeah. What's interesting about um, this industry, and it's hard not to notice it when you are not in the majority of the working Population, mm-hmm. so it's hard not to notice um, just how many billboards or commercials or trailers lack diversity in them. Yeah, and I will get a lot of uh, breakdowns for auditions that will say any ethnicity, but at the end of the day, most of the time, you know, it may swing <laughs> toward the majority. It goes to a, a white white woman, um, and that is something that. Um, interestingly, I, I, I don't have a, a whole, I have a lot of friends that do a lot of different things. All of my friends aren't actors because I claim, and I, I know that, um, it, it's very difficult for women, not only in this industry, um, acting, but when you look at the statistics, directing, producing behind the scenes, it's um, we're a m- minority in there. And then when you add a race on top of it, a black woman, the, the opportunities get even smaller. But I look at my life, right? And I think, what were the chances that I would graduate in the 11th grade? Mm-hmm. What were the chances that I would win an acting competition out of 1,500 people? What are the chances that I would drive to New York and the perfect person would find my profile on this website and invite me into her home when I only had $800. And I look at that as the same way. Like, yeah, the odds are stacked against me, per se, but I make a living out of defying the odds, and I always hmm. have. So um, that's fine. It, it, what's, it what, That's fine. <laughs> it's fine. You know, it can be the way it is. But my first projects were... It's it's funny. I always um, find myself infiltrating per se projects that lack diversity hmm. and um, carry the torch into them. And and I'll find myself in the audition room a lot of times, and I'm the only black woman in there. And I find that incredibly interesting. It's almost as if I'm I'm thinking, well, is that another another uh, 
channel that I'm supposed to to be walking, you know, walking my diversity and my experiences and what I bring to the table into the projects and rooms where previously there weren't any. And, and I feel like that's a gift in itself. Huh. Yeah. Wow. So um, I understand the odds. I see the numbers. I know it's a struggle. But again, you have to look at it like you make a living out of defying those the fact that we're even actors that's insane yeah (laughs) (laughs) seriously seriously. you know uh i i think a lot of people uh and i know you've met people like this we all have um they get addicted to their struggle they get addicted to Mm. their their story Mm -hmm. and um there are some actors i know that that get really tied up with uh, you know, their the the lack of fairness or the lack of whatever it is or whatever their specific struggle is, and that becomes their story. And no matter what it is, they could be having the best day in the world. They could win the lottery. Still jaded, they right? can meet the love of their life, mm-hmm. and they're going to find a problem. You know, and they're going to find a reason to get back to their sort of neutral base, uh, or not neutral, but uh, their sort of default base of right. like complaining. That's not even an issue. You don't give that any power whatsoever. No, it's not even a, it's not even a thought in your head. You're just like, I'm here to do this. Right. I'm, I'm I'm offering a service to the world. I'm leveraging my gifts and my talents, and mm-hmm. and that's all there is to it. There's no more to the conversation than that. That's it. And and when things are you can look at it as things not going your way or you can look at it as it's just not meant for you for a particular reason. I mean, sometimes rejection is protection. So, Ooh, um, ooh I like that. Yeah. Can, can you talk about that a little bit? Well, I, you know, there's a lot of things that we want, right? And we look at it from the outside and and we, I always feel like there, there's a reason why we're taken out of certain situations and certain equations because I've seen people force themselves into whether it's relationships or um, trying really hard to fit in where they don't trying really hard to be something they're not and it destroys them Mm. it has disastrous effects on their spirit and life circumstances and I just feel like if someone says no then and and some people may disagree with me like you just keep beating down the nose the nose the nose the nose i feel like i'm i'm beating down the nose by by keep going mm-hmm. you know every day you know yeah. um persistence um with with what is meant for me but i feel that um you know when things are taken from us and out of our lives there it's because there's something in that thing that isn't in line with what we're supposed to have you know some people don't need power some people don't need fame some people don't it 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 turns them ugly you know Mm -hmm. um some people need to in my opinion i don't think everybody's meant to be incredibly wealthy you know there are some people that are are incredibly wealthy and that are completely irresponsible of course but there are some people that it would destroy them you know what Mm -hmm. i mean but we as human physical beings we don't often look into this that's the spiritual side of that you know the spiritual balance of the physical things not being met for us sometimes and i really believe that when something leaves let it go (laughs) let it walk Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. whether it's a person a thing a situation um an audition that went bad just let it go Mm. freaking let it go i i just i can't take i can't deal with the jaded and the complaining every day because honestly when the more you speak into it the more power it gets 
Yeah. I think yeah. Um, thoughts become things, and words can be uh, affect people like shrapnel or you know like a soft place to land. And every time you spit something out, a thought out, okay, you're putting that in motion. I don't, I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Red on. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's, that's beautiful. Rejection is protection. Yeah. I, I love, you know, we latch on to little sayings. <laughs> on show, so that's great. You just gave us another one. So the two questions I want to wrap up with. Uh, the first one I think you may have already answered, um, but I'm going to ask it again anyway. Do you feel like this career path chose you or do you feel like you chose it? Absolutely chose me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I wasn't even thinking about acting when I was in school. Like I said, I walked out on stage and looked at people and didn't say a thing in that play when I was in the eighth grade. So it absolutely chose me. Uh, writing chose me. I still you still you know, write. Um, yeah. Well, are you working That's on anything now with writing, or is it more of just a practice? Yeah, it's funny. I'm I'm writing a script called White Friends. Yeah, <laughs> speaking of race. The look on your face is so funny. You said that. <laughs> um, also working on, um, I don't, it could be a web series, it could be a pilot, but another project called From the Backseat. Mm-hmm. And I also have another script with a co-writer that actually won UCLA Screenwriting Writing Showcase two years ago. Right on. So we... Um, I can't say the name of that because we that's okay. you know in motion with some things right sure. now but uh yeah it's been good. That is really exciting. Yeah. The second question is if you could distill all your experience, all your knowledge, all your your victories, all your uh um stumbles, every everything along the journey, all your wisdom and just kind of condense it down into one nugget of advice to pass on to somebody walking the path behind you. What would that that nugget of wisdom be? Be brave. Everything you want is on the other side of all those negative thoughts, all your fear, all your uh, reasons why you can't. Don't don't look at all the reasons why it can't happen. Look at the one reason why it can. Defy the odds. Do it. (laughs) Amen. There is no better note to end on than that. So... Nori, thank you so much. If people want to find you online, learn more about you, we'll have a link to your IMDb profile, but do you do the Twitter thing, the Facebook thing? Yeah, I'm Nori Victoria on Twitter, no spaces. That's N-O-R-E-E-V-I-C-T-O-R-I-A. Cool and name. I am on, thank you. Aesthetic. <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's so funny. I started Instagram, then I deleted my page, and then I was like, oh, I have kind of a... Uh, love-hate relationship with pictures but now i'm kind of loving it so i'm on instagram as well but that is nori underscore victoria so facebook i have a page uh same just search my name all right sweet so we'll have (laughs) links to all of that on our website so people can can get in touch with you and and connect okay uh want to give a quick shout out to listener sira hill i believe that's how i have to pronounce her name um she recommended we reach out to you and connect and i'm so glad that she uh she made the connection because it's really great she actually worked with the acting coach no way yeah she worked as her administrative assistant and that's how we met with the the coach that blew my world open (laughs) (laughs) she she seems like a fantastic person and obviously she she hangs out with really fantastic people so nori thank you again for your time and generosity can't wait to get this out to the world thanks for having me cool bye everybody we wish another interviewee uh adieu but uh based on some of the 
feedback we've been getting on Twitter and stuff, it sounds like sounds like people really really dug this one. So always good to hear. Um, <clears throat> Trev, is there anything? <clears throat> excuse me. Is there anything you want to uh, debrief on? I, I love doing this podcast because it's such a great opportunity to connect with all the different ways you can move through this journey. And it's so refreshing to talk to somebody like Nori who just really uh, has found peace with all the ups and downs, all the ins and outs, all like the craziness and, and whatnot of this journey. Even when she said, you know, I think back in part one or part two that, you know, there were times where she had to, you know, choose between eating like a nutritious meal or like paying for her acting classes and she chose to pay for her acting classes and she just committed and but she she didn't say it with like a sort of like oh god this is awful or like this was a difficult decision or anything she just she, she's really kind of she's got that sort of zen quality about her hmm. and i i really enjoyed um and learned a lot from getting the chance to sort of kind of um uh, bathe in that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was it was pretty cool, man. I, I I'm looking forward to seeing what is next for her career. And she's such a sweet person. We've exchanged a few emails uh, since the the uh, interview, and she's a great person, man. If if anybody out there listened to this and liked what they heard, I highly recommend following her on Twitter, reaching out. She's very friendly and open to connecting. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. we uh, we finally locked down. Um, Mr. Arian Moyed for our uh, podcast. I am going to ask him to tell our listeners the muffin diet story. It shows a conviction and a passion for art and you know what it is that you that 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 we're up to, and it's inspiring. And it just reminded me of of that when you were um, when you were saying that Nori had to choose between a nutritious meal and rent (laughs) yeah but you know what's cool is that like you know i'm starting to starting to we've been in this thing for like years but i'm still learning things and i'm starting to really see especially seeing having nori's kind of interview series right after bria grant's interview series and and seeing that you know it seems increasingly common that a lot of these people that are successful that are finding success in their careers they all went through that crap where they just were like, I had to choose. It was an either or thing and I had to pick one or the other. You know, Bria talks about, you know, just having to fly out, not having to, but choosing to fly out to Austin to do, you know, a small audition for Friday Night Lights three times. Yeah. She flew out there yeah. and just put it in her credit card and was like, I can't really afford this. You know, I just have this kind of dinky little job at Real Food Daily, but I I trust, I trust that it will pay off. I, I believe in my ability to to make this work that this is an investment that I can that I can that will recoup that I'll recoup down the line and the same with Nori you know she had the same kind of approach it was sort of a you know here you go AJ little hat tip to you is a take no prisoners approach just like whatever it takes also noticing their interpretation after the fact like they you know they may joke about like oh it sucked or whatever but that the focus isn't on how how awful it was (laughs) do you know what I mean like it's um uh, what's that saying? Pain is necessary. Suffering is optional. Right. I love that. Yeah. I, I think it's just, a, it's something worth kind of noting that, uh, the people who seem to be successful, the people that, that just kind of were like, okay, fuck it, whatever it's going to take. Here we go. Drop out the, I mean, I don't recommend putting yourself in debt ever, but if you believe in yourself enough to slap down the credit card three separate times to fly to Austin for an audition and then back in the same day, um, clearly things are going to pay off. So I've just noticed that that's something that is, that is increasingly common. Anyway, uh, just wanted to 
kind of direct attention towards that. Rad. So uh, on to picks of the week. What is yours? Uh, I'm going to be super quick. It's a, a TV miniseries based on a British miniseries that was um, called Broadchurch, I think, which starred uh, David Tennant, <clears throat> who, for you Doctor Who fans out there, very familiar with David Tennant. Um, he's a fantastic actor, and uh, what's weird is he donned an American accent, and he's doing the American version, <laughs> uh, which is called <laughs> Grace Point. Um, and it is on Fox, and I believe Hulu has the episodes as well. So uh, it's called Grace Point. Um, you can check it out online on IMDb. You might be able to even watch it somewhere else online. I'm not sure, but um, I am about half, well, only the first half of the 10 episode miniseries has been released, and so far, so good. It's really interesting. It's about a, uh, a, a single murder in a small town so basically the entire series is just about the one murder and the investigation of that murder as opposed to some of these other episodics where there's a murder every episode and it you know it comes to it comes to a conclusion every episode so in in this way it it, it, they're able to sort of draw out the uh, the drama so very cool um cool what's your pick of the week my friend Pick of the week is a movie called The Kids Are All Right. I think it was nominated for an Oscar. It was nominated for uh, several Oscars. Yeah, I'm, several Oscars. I'm kicking myself because I still have not seen it. Yeah, it was back in 2010, I think. And uh, it is, you know, I, I didn't talk about this earlier in the episode. It was something I wanted to chat about. But I've, I really committed myself to watching more films uh, to the tune of at least two a week. Just mm-hmm. to kind of get in, just to, to learn. Because every time I watch a movie, a big part of my attention is sort of deconstructing how the movie was made and paying attention to the shots and the, and the, and the pacing and the beats and the script and the acting, acting choices and things like that. So um, this is one of the movies that I picked up that we've got uh, in our DVD collection here. It's one of, belongs to one of my roommates. And uh, I was really just, I really enjoyed it. It was a really fantastically crafted film. And I didn't, wasn't terribly familiar with Mark Ruffalo's work before I watched this. I, you know, I knew of him and I'd seen him as the Hulk in the Avengers movies. But that was about it. And after this movie, I was like, God damn, I'm a huge fan of his now. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, lo- I just did a quick Google search on him. And he was out in L.A. for a long time doing 99-seat theater. And then he would just give up and he'd go back to Michigan and paint with his dad's commercial painting company. And then he came back to L.A. And then he'd leave again and then he'd come back. And he says at one point he estimates that he went on 800 auditions without booking one of them. Wow! But he kept coming back and just just doing a lot of like you know no budget theater stuff, and eventually it paid off. And I just think that's cool. Like I totally want to get Mark Ruffalo on the podcast. He's a big climate <laughs> activist kind of guy too. So, uh, but yeah, the the kids are all right. It was a fantastic movie. Highly recommend it. And you can find it on Netflix Instant. And Julianne Moore is one of my favorite actresses as well. Yeah, too. Yeah. So what a what a what a powerhouse you know, talent group of talent there. So yeah. Yeah. Really great movie. Uh, we also have a listener pick this week from our, uh, new patron, Jenny green. She sends in, uh, a band called death, which is a documentary on Netflix. Um, basically she, uh, she listened to an, in- an interview that they did on, on NPR and she happened to see it on Amazon prime, started watching it and couldn't turn it off, even though it kept her up past her bedtime. Uh, so she said it's uh, just a really cool to watch as a person who's following their dreams and just about a regular life as an artist and uh, people who just can't let go of their vision. Why not? Don't let go of your vision. 
highly, highly recommended from patron Jenny Green, a band called Death. So, Picks of the Week this week, The Kids Are All Right from Trev, Grace Point, that's me, a band called Death from our listener, Jenny Green. Check all those out. Our patron of the week this week is Jasmine Shea. She is an actress currently based in Wichita, Kansas, for those of you who are not from the U.S. Um, in the last two years, she's been part of three three indie short films, two SAG-AFTRA features, one as a principal supporting actress alongside Joy Lauren Adams, awesome, and numerous local theater productions, both as ensemble cast member and lead. In addition to acting, Jasmine is also an amateur astronomer. What is that exactly? I don't know, but it sounds awesome. Amateur astronomer. I think that means she has a telescope, and it sounds awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to hang out with somebody who has their own telescope. Um, belly dance performer, wow, and teacher, motorcycle enthusiast, singer, musician, and crocheter of warm, fuzzy hats. Um, I think uh, I think I'm gonna have to get myself a warm fuzzy hat for the. Holidays. I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, it's it's getting cold here, Jasmine. Uh, hook a brother up. Oh yeah, it's it, it, New York is is no bueno as far as that goes. Oh yeah, it's getting increasingly <laughs> increasingly chilly. Awesome. Um, cool. So that, that's it for episode 108. Inside Acting is produced and co-hosted by me, Trevor Elgott, and AJ Meyer. Jen Levin is our coordinator. Cesar Gamino is our technical producer. Gidali Gubrek is our marketing and web director, and Deborah Smith is our community manager. You can sign up for our free weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our recent web episodes. I almost said webisodes. Recent episodes at our website, InsideActingPodcast.com. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and pretty much wherever you choose to download your podcasts. And this episode was, of course, brought to you by, uh, or made possible by VO2Gogo.com, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training Four Years Running. Wow. You can visit VO2Gogo.com slash start for a free getting started in voiceover online class that'll help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. Portfolio? Portfolio, that sounds Obviously, good. Obviously, I shouldn't do voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> That's VO, the number two, gogo.com slash start. And of course, this episode was also made possible by listeners like you. If you love Inside Acting and want to help keep the show going, sign up as a monthly patron and get cool perks like access to an exclusive online patron-only mastermind group, which is coming very soon, a shout-out on the show, show website and newsletter, freebies and discounts on merchandise and other upcoming podcast offerings, and more. Just visit InsideActingPodcasts.com and click on the Patron tab. And that's it for episode 168 of Inside Acting. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm AJ Meyer. And I'm Trevor Algott. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, come on down to the Knowledge Bomb Buffet!